Welcome to the 65th episode of the Game 4 Podcast. In this episode, we'll talk about our thoughts about the future of tabletop gaming. The future, Conan? Um, I'm Adam. I'm Matt. And this is the Game 4 Podcast. Game 4 is a platform to help connect tabletop gamers and to help you get more out of your tabletop gaming. Matt and I are part of a software development and design company called Milkcan. And because most of the folks at Milkcan love tabletop games, we developed the Game 4 app and launched it in early 2018. We launched this companion podcast in June 2019 to help tabletop gamers get more enjoyment out of their hobby. Due to the COVID-19 global pandemic, we hibernated the Game 4 app in July of 2020 and plan to bring back a retooled version of the app for Android, iOS, and web when gaming in person is safer. Until then, we'll keep bringing you this podcast to help you get more out of your tabletop gaming. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And we're, we are working on it. We'll mention yep. that in a little bit. But um, what have you been doing lately? I know that you just got back from... Vegas. Viva Las Vegas, yes. indeed. So I was gaming, but uh, gaming with money. Sure. Although I learned how to play craps, which oh, was amazing. Well, is it, though? Well, I made money, so. You can start teaching the kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you were there for a bachelor party yep. thing, not just for. Yeah, I'm the best man for my brother's wedding, so nice. I got everyone together down there, and we had a good time. It was uh, still indoor mass policies mm-hmm. all around, which. I was kind of surprised being in Vegas. Yeah, that even they were doing that. So. Yeah, that's, that's um, but good thing because I did not get the COVID. So. Yep, also good. Uh, yeah, but and they uh, didn't have any cool like um, you couldn't go and play like Magic for money or like uh, Dungeons and Dragons for money or anything like that. Nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Well, you know, maybe someday. Not that I saw anyway. Yeah, yeah. There's probably some place. That... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, I don't, yeah, and I've been on the road a lot. Uh, Kids having tournaments and basketball oh, games and lots of kids sports. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did start playing the Thousand Year Old Vampire RPG. Um, just barely started, but so far I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is a, a, a physical copy is really cool looking. So now again, this is a like a solo, solo RPG. RPG. Yep. Like so, how does I don't even know how that kind of thing works. Um, so for this one, like the mechanic, like once you set up your character sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they have it is they have uh, kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure style, like little snippets of mm-hmm. numbers. Mm-hmm. And for this one, you roll a 6 and a 4. Oh, sorry, a D6 and a D10. Mm-hmm. And you subtract the 6 from the 10 number. Okay, all right. And that tells you what number to go to next. So when I if I rolled a ten and a six, I'm mm-hmm. going to go to number four after I start with number one. Right. If I roll negative two, I actually you can go back. So oh, okay. there's some events where it's like if it's the first time you've done it, do this. Second time, this, and mm-hmm. and then yeah, it tells you stuff, and then you have to basically decide how is your character going to do this, and then you make decisions which affect your character sheet, mm-hmm. which will then roll forward going. So if you like the concept of role-playing games but are maybe concerned about or anxious about actually role-playing with other folks, something like this is kind of a cool idea. Yeah, absolutely, because you can go as, I mean, they're like, you know, they, they're like, you can go as simple as just updating your character sheet and just going mm-hmm. on. Um, they're like, or you can go like full into it and like actually like write up journal entries as though, you know, this is your actual journal. So you right, kind yeah. of, you know get into the mindset of the character and, and mm-hmm. write up the, the whole full journal. No, that's very cool. I mean, I, I 
you know, we've talked a little bit about solo gaming and stuff like that here on the podcast and everything. And, and I, you know, because of the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, I think that you're going to see, like, it's not going to be the way things go per se, but it is definitely a new thing that before people maybe, I don't want to say scoffed at, but people are like, well, why would I play solo gaming? I'll just play with my friends. Well, now there's some reasons why, you know? And right. so it's very cool mm-hmm. that that is also not a dull or, um, you know, a, a, unlikable experience that you're you know you can sit there and it's it's again it's like you're building a story and admittedly it's by yourself but right. it's still fun that way I absolutely think. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't have to like go all right who wants to play a vampire role rpg with me right yeah that's true too because people hate vampires right right they suck <laughs> oh there we go all right nice i'll uh, be here all week folks. indeed yeah um You've been doing anything else besides the, that? You've been Vegas and uh, vampires. That's basically it. Yep, Vegas and vampires. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I understand <laughs> that. Um, I've been basically just working on what have I been doing uh, on Twitch? I've been working on the last of my chaos uh, models for my chaos warband for Warcry. Uh, it's a particular flavor of chaos. That sounds terrible, actually. A flavor of chaos. It sounds icky. <laughs> uh, Slaves to Darkness is the particular uh, varietal, uh, let's say. It's a okay. varietal, like a, like it's a wine. Um, yeah. Mm. That's way better than like a dentist toothpaste. Right, exactly, yeah. But uh, yeah, so the Slaves to Darkness, um, I've got, I painted five uh, chaos warriors. I painted one chaos lord. And now I have the Chaos Lord on Karkadrak, I think is the name of the... I don't think it's the guy's name. I think it's the species. He's like a big lizard dog, kind of, and there's this uh, chaos dude riding him. Uh, most of the big lizard dog is painted now, and I'm going to be finishing up on the um, actual guy riding the lizard dog, and so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, and then speaking of Warcry, also, um, two things. I got to play some Warcry with my friend Sam Lenz on Saturday, so that was cool. We got together at the nice. local shop. He has moved to, uh, I'm going to say civilization, but it's the town I live in, which is <laughs> eh, it's civil civil enough, I guess. It's better than, he was living in a farmhouse next to a cornfield out in the middle of nowhere, which he enjoyed, but his internet was nearly non-existent. So right. now he has moved back to a town, and now he has much better internet and all that kind of stuff. He'll start streaming on Twitch again. He was telling me that... Uh, Videos that were taking him 19 to 20 hours to upload when he was at the farmhouse are now taking 45 minutes. So that's better, is what it is right there. a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, his his YouTube videos uploading is going to be a lot uh, quicker, which would be real nice. So that's good. Um, And then also related to Warcry as well, um, my next Warcry warband that I'll be painting on Twitch is going to be a group called the OCR Bone Reapers. Which are a relatively newish Age of Sigmar f- uh, group. I don't know, uh, you know uh, faction. Yeah. Faction is the faction. word. Yeah, and um, they're not skeletons. They're not. It's weird. They're. Um, it's not that, that they're just like reanimated skeletons. These these uh, these guys take bones, and well, they reap them. That's why they're called the Bone Reapers. Okay. And so instead of making like an animated skeleton that's going to go out and fight and do stuff, instead they just take a whole bunch of skeleton parts and other bone and they reshape it into a bone construct. So it's like a huh. big chunkier skeleton. He's still made out of bone, but he's not like real skinny. He's like five people's so he's got skeletons. Some meat to him, but not really. Not meat. actual meat. No, as it turns out, yeah, no, they're they're thicker, but they're they're like literally every um, every Mortec guard, which is kind of the base kind of troop dude. 
uh, or troop person, I suppose, is technically like five, six, maybe seven different souls all stuck together inside of this kind of construct made out of a bunch of people. Uh, And so there you go. Um, Anyway, long story short is they're kind of interesting looking undead, but they don't look exactly like skeletons because they are like skeletons on steroids a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, And um, when I was at that convention in Lake Geneva, the Dragonfall, Mm -hmm. uh, I bought... A set of used Bone Reapers, uh, the Mortec Guard, that were already pre-painted to an eh, okay degree, but I'm going to fix them up. And then I was like, well, if I just add a little bit of this and a little bit of that, I can make myself my own warband, and it's bringing pretty cool for Warcry. So I'm heading in that direction. Sweet. That's what I'm working on next after I get done with these Chaos guys. But I'm uh, doing the texturing, and I'll basically, I'm going to prime them up and get them ready to go so that when it's time to switch over, then I'll just go cool and switch over. And then that's the next thing I start working on on Twitch. So there's that. Um, also not this past weekend, but the weekend before I was in Naperville, Naperville, Illinois yep. at Holy Havoc, which is a, um, convention for, uh, it's not a convention. It's a tournament. Oh, it was yep. a 72 person age of Sigmar, uh, doubles tournament. So basically there were 18 tables and you had two teams of two at each table fighting against each other with a thousand points each. So each side was 2,000 points and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they do it for charity. They raise money for a homeless shelter in the area and that kind of stuff. I think they raised four, almost 4,500 bucks. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but it was fun because I got to hang out with my friend Vince and Tom and meet new other people and all kinds of stuff like that. And it was only about a three-hour drive away. So uh, yeah, and they're going to be doing another one sometime in the spring. Um, and they're going to just stick to doing the doubles from now on. They used to do uh, a singles tournament uh, in the spring and a doubles tournament in the fall and the doubles tournament's been so popular they're just going to stick with that you know you go with what you're uh, what you're good at I guess I think it makes a lot of yeah. sense and it also gets more people in the, in the door um, so you know they can put more money towards um, uh, you know the, the, the charity and all that kind of stuff so that's also helpful that's pretty much all I got going on since last time as far as the hobby stuff is concerned um, for the uh, app updates and things like that the uh, Game 4 Library Manager 1.1.0 is out. Yep, yep. yep. Out. And so that's pretty cool. And um, we are, uh, and I think we said this pretty much last time too, but we're still working on Store Finder. That'll be the first kind of module to right. the new uh, uh, Game 4. Instead of waiting until we have all of it ready to go and then launching it, which will take probably a lot longer, we're going to be kind of launching it part by part. Mm-hmm. It'll all be sing- one single app, you know, the game. Like, Library Manager is a totally separate app. Right. Right. But the actual Game 4 app will be launching first with Store Finder, and, and then eventually, you know, we'll start doing um, whatever the next one might be, which might be Convention Finder or, you know, whatever, looking for players, which depends on what we get at. Um, but, yeah, so that'll be nice for people who are looking for local gaming stores. We're going to start... Um, and we know that, obviously, because of COVID, there are some game stores that didn't make it, so that we're going to have to kind of rely on uh, crowdsourcing to know, you know, how good our um, database, our, our database, when we hibernated things in mid-2020, I think at that time, our database of game stores was probably about the best out there that there was. I would say that was what we were told by many other people. and In the industry who were like looking too. at it and going, huh. And we, But yeah, so 
Um, at that point, we had about 6,600, maybe 6,700 different stores worldwide listed in that uh, database. So we're gonna, we know that the database is going to need to be, um, you know, obviously tweaked. And so we're also looking at um, uh, designing a way to make it easier for people to say, hey, this place moved, closed, hey, this place opened, you know, that kind of stuff, right. so that we can update things and make it uh, a little bit less work intensive on our side. In the past, what we were doing is when people would send us an email and then we would have to basically go into the database and actually manually fix stuff and it was kind of a pain. Yeah. The shoemaker's kids never have any shoes kind of situation. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, uh, yeah. So if we were doing that for a client, we wouldn't go, oh yeah, just go in the database and fix it. You know, that'd be fine. No, we would actually do a front end. So well, we're gonna... funny, yeah, like when we first, first launched, like that first week, yeah. I, I remember being in Reno, we were in Reno still. Mm-hmm. We were at the Gamma Trade Show. Yeah, and I was, uh, I didn't even have an admin form to enter the stuff in. I was No, you were just literally going into the database, database and doing and injections. Manually, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're like, well, you know, I mean, it, technically it's working. It's just not ideal. Um, but on the user's end, it looked it was working fine. It's just on our yeah, end, right. it was a, it was a bit of a mess, <laughs> and we're going to try to fix that up yeah, too. Some of the, the the bubble gum and uh, duct tape will be removed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's going to it's going to take a it's going to take a bunch of hair with it probably. Ooh. yeah, I know that's not good. <laughs> um, so yeah, today's subject. Um, I think I was brushing my teeth. I don't even know. I was like sitting there and I was brushing my teeth, getting ready to go to bed, and all of a sudden. Uh, uh, and this happens once in a while, but the idea for the episode sort of just popped into my head. Now, frequently, like at first I was like, oh, okay, what's the future of tabletop gaming? Okay, cool. Maybe that's an end of the year kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, episode. But I started thinking about it and I'm like, well, you know, the future is literally tomorrow. And then the next day after that, the next day. We don't have to wait until the end of the year until then we right. can start talking about the future. The future is going to come get, whether we want it or not. Right. We're going to get out in front of all the other future-looking podcasts. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So the future of the future All the podcasts. other podcasts talking about the future, they're going to wait till New Year's, and we're going to do it early, and then we're going to look like geniuses or something. Um, so, yeah. What is the future of the tabletop gaming industry? Now, this is not really like a... I think that people can look at this maybe at least as the title and be like, oh, this is like doom and gloom, like everything. But first of all, let's be perfectly frank. The tabletop industry has been growing year after year after year for like the last decade, mm-hmm. if not more. I when I start almost, yeah, it's been, geez, now you've got almost like 15 yeah. years. Yeah. Like when I, 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 I was started doing some research and I just came across these, I came across a tweet that was like it just was the, the, I think the tweet just said something like huh and then it was a link to a thread of different articles going back about every 2 years for the last decade saying you know oh tabletop gaming is on the rise and then it's an article from another company going oh tabletop gaming is exploding and it's just it's just you know every mm-hmm. 2 years it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and so um, this is not us saying, oh, it's, we're not talking particularly about sales. We're not particularly talking about, you know, whether they're going to go up or down, anything along those lines. Um, obviously, well, I don't know. Your, your, your mileage may vary. I personally don't believe in infinite growth, but, you know, there, we're a very small industry on a good sized planet. And so we've probably got growth for a while, unless something real right. weird happens, you know. Right. Um, but again, that's not something to bank on. I'm not telling you to go out and buy stock in anybody you can buy stock. Well, I guess technically Games Workshop has stock. I don't. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, they've. They, but I mean, on the English stock market, not oh. on the American. 
Uh, I suppose there's probably, what, Hasbro? That's technically something. They must sell stock. Anyway, yeah. I'm not telling you to go out there. I'm not. I'm certainly not a financial advisor. Good Lord. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what we're talking about more for the future of the tabletop gaming industry is like what kind of things are we going to see both in uh, formats, technology, um, that kind of stuff, but also in movements in um, different types of games and in different things going on in the actual gaming right. industry. Right. So yeah, the trends. Exactly, to some degree. Now, not necessarily like, oh, it's going to be all about train games or whatever, like not even that. Like that's, you know, maybe it will <laughs> you be. You heard I don't here know. For first, folks. It's all going to be about covered wagons. If Well, if my wife was involved, it would be all about train games. She's She loves the train games. Um. So kind of across the board, no pun intended. <laughs> wow. I know that you are, yeah, but that wasn't seriously not. But across the board, um, y- y- what you're going to see going forward in the tabletop gaming industry, and this is a, uh, I would say that this is a cat that has been let out of the bag and you can't put it back in the bag. Have you ever tried to put a cat in a bag? Hmm. Like a live one? Yeah. My wife's uh, father... What? Uh, when they would take their two cats at one point to the vet, he would put them both into a uh, pillowcase, the same pillowcase, and that's how he would take them to the vet. Wow. I know, right. I've, uh, like, pillowcases, I think of, like, Jake the Snake, Roberts, you know, like... Right, with the snake in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, this but is... I've yeah. Never a yeah. cat. Two cats in the same pillowcase, now we're going to the vet. That's... Wow. I don't even know. Yeah, no. She tells me that, and I'm like, that's not even true, but she's like, no, it is. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> Not getting out of the it, it's 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 been released. There's going to be more streaming. There's going to be more podcasts like this one, and there's going to be more YouTube. There's going to be more content. Mm-hmm. Um, ten years ago, was that tabletop show with Will Wheaton? Was that ten years ago or even less than that? No, it was ten probably, years ago was 2011. Probably probably right around there because yeah. I was yeah. It was before Milk Can, so yeah. was, that was six and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Seven and a half, because I was at, uh, yeah, so yeah. yeah, I was right around that time, because yeah. that was when I started it. So, uh, I go by where I was, what company I was at. Sure, it makes sense. I've I swapped too that. many companies. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the thing is, is that, yeah, you know, it used to be that there was like Dragon Magazine back in the day. I think they still, I don't know if they still make it or not. I've no seen idea. it in a while, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got White Dwarf Magazine right. from Games Workshop, and there were different magazines of this type and that type. Um, Scry, wasn't that uh, a magazine about um uh, Magic the Gathering, Scry Magazine. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Anyway, um, nowadays it's all about you're going to go and watch people play D&D. Critical Role is a juggernaut that cannot be stopped. Right. I don't think it should be. I'm not saying it should be. I'm just saying that if someone tried, they, uh, good luck. You know what I mean? Um, uh, and you've got Twitch, like I've been mentioning, and you've got YouTube, and you've got all this stuff. Um, websites as well. Obviously, websites have been around longer than all this other stuff. I mean, YouTube's... 2006 but still right like really you know people using this as a function of like not just being like hey these are the new games that are coming out this is information about the right. new games but also like how to play you know how to paint mi- miniatures right. how to like you know strategize properly in your magic the gathering deck building and all that kind of stuff and then also just straight up entertainment people go to watch mm-hmm. stuff like critical role because it's just really they really enjoy it absolutely you know what i mean and so it's taking 
you know, it's taking the the concept of like, well, this is a game that you would play, and then you're like, well, I'm just watching somebody else playing it. It's it's like watching football or hockey or any of that kind of stuff. You know right. what I mean? Maybe you played some football when you were a kid in high school, touch football, flag football, whatever. Now you're watching football. You don't really even play to that level or whatever. In this situation, at least with D&D, you may still be also playing in a weekly campaign, but you really love watching their stuff. I mean, people have got real attachments to the characters in all of these different like oh, online absolutely. things, you know, yeah. especially... Like, you're starting to see, I mean, merch, you're seeing, there's comic books out about, you know, Critical Role and stuff like that. I mean, well, they've they got their figures. own line of pre-painted figures and stuff. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so the the thing about board gaming, tabletop gaming in general, um, all that kind of stuff, is that you are seeing people, and it's, and it's not just in, in our industry, it's in all kinds of hobbies. You're seeing people who are like, you know what, I don't, I'm going to make my own show about whatever, you know what I mean? And... Sometimes they they last and sometimes they don't. But mm-hmm. you know the the idea is that there is a lot of content out there, and if you're generally if you get some success at it and you get some feedback at it, you usually keep going. And if you you know if you're just kind of yelling out into the void and nobody cares because maybe you're not doing it the way they want it or you're not you know your your point of view is not the same. Well, then sometimes those things fall apart. Um, but there are definitely people out there because we all have the technology now to be able to stream to the entire planet, like pretty, pretty much whenever we want. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, that's not going away anytime soon. And if anything, it's probably going to accelerate and you're going to see more and more kind of niche, um, creators being able to create content about specific aspects of certain games, you know, right. I mean like all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And well, and it's getting easier to like the tools to do it is, is becoming more accessible and easier. And Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I was just telling you about that. Um, right. That, that YOLO box. Uh, it's this little eight inch kind of tablety sort of computer thing that you can plug like three different HDMI cables into and a webcam and it does all the streaming and everything built in. And it's just, it's, it's like a little tiny portable, you know, production studio that someone from NBC 15 years ago would have absolutely just, fell over looking at right you're like wait you can screw you can you can that takes all over the world and it's I, at this little yeah. tiny box <laughs> I, like, yeah. I have two semis that just pulled up and, a, <laughs> right. and a, yeah, yeah. five technicians have to put that together exactly yeah. yeah and we still can't like stream to like you know shanghai or whatever like right. that we'd have to get you know go through 16 different satellites and yeah so that stuff um you know, and if you don't, if you're like, geez, that sucks, I really hate all that extra content out there, then my first question is, well, why are you listening to this podcast? Like, because we're part of it. You know what I mean? That's weird. Anyway, but, you know, uh, fair point. If you True. don't like it, that's fine. But it, un- unfortunately, then it's not going away. Uh, we're going to see, if anything, like I said, probably more of it. Um, another thing that we're going to see, I think, across the uh, the board, uh, again, not to, that's, uh, that's already not a, a pun, but now it's turning around to become one. Um, I think is you're going to see a lot more focus, and we've been seeing this over the last several years, two years maybe, uh, 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 an increased focus on diversity and inclusivity. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Last, yeah, last three, four years, I think there's been more of a, I would say less of a, a casual and more of a, um, uh, a defined, like, intentional footing towards it. Whereas before, I think it was just gradually coming, and now I think the awareness has finally hit where they're intentionally making sure that they're doing it. Well, the companies are starting to talk right. about it. Right. It used to be just a lot of people, you know, online and social media saying, hey, you know, this and this, and, and that's and, and that's how these things kind of get started. And then you have companies making statements like, um, 
there's the relatively famous Games Workshop statement from a couple of years ago about kind of like Black Lives Matter and the inclusivity and all that kind of stuff that kind of ended up with basically saying, hey, if you if you don't feel the same way, well, you will not be missed. You know what I mean? Right. And that, that, the, the, the kind of the, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Right, exactly. Yeah, the you will not be missed statement um, caused a lot of hubbub, but it's something that, it, A, I think needs to be said, and it's also super important that um, the big companies start kind of saying that kind of stuff. Definitely, mm. you know, uh, Wizards of the Coast has been saying it. Um, and there's obviously pushback. You see, you know, people online, but I think that generally there's an overwhelming... Um, acceptance yeah. and interest in adding to diversity and inclusivity within tabletop gaming. And and this industry is kind of unique because it's kind of that nerdish culture. Mm-hmm. So there's probably very few people in it that were not at one point on the other end of the bullying and absolutely excluded versus, you know, like when you go talk to like, you know, let's take, let's pick on football for the mm-hmm. instance. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, football fans that were real the stars and they had you know didn't get picked on they were the ones usually doing the picking sure not yeah. all of them but yeah, some of the ones you you get more of that where you know we were the big the big deal in high school because i was on the football team and this and that and all that kind of jazz so and i haven't seen what it's like to be picked on and excluded from so yeah you know, people are just whining and complaining exactly they, right Right, whereas the people who are generally within our kind of wheelhouse are looking at it from the i mean a lot of them I think are coming from a place of like I was picked on or whatever because I like to play D and D when I was in fifth grade right. and all that kind of stuff, um, you know. And now, and I think that sometimes it's it's interesting. I think sometimes it comes to a place where you say, you know what, I don't want to do that same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pick on people. I want to be inclusive. And then there's other people I think that sometimes are like, well, now I'm going to be the gatekeeper. Right. And I don't. I personally don't understand that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, that I think is kind of the struggle that the industry has. But I feel like at least. The the overall messaging is heading towards yeah that gatekeeping stuff's no good you know what I mean right um, and I'm all for that um, saying that it's no good I'm not all for gatekeeping I don't <laughs> I don't even have a gate I, it's there's we don't even have a fence at our house so um, yeah no definitely I mean we have a garage door because otherwise raccoons but um, yeah no I, I think that it's really cool uh, and I'm really glad that um, it's something that we're seeing more and more from right. the overall again not just the the fans of the industry but the actual industry is starting to say look this isn't cool and we're not doing this anymore um, and they're taking you know steps towards hiring more people of color hiring more LGBTQ uh, that kind of stuff making folks, sure yeah you know making sure and yeah that there's actual um, representation that's the word I'm looking for yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that's also very important as well. Um, kind of vaguely sort of attached to that, but maybe not necessarily, uh, is also the concept of not only are we looking at, yeah, we, you know, we've got to change kind of the way that we hire to some degree, but also just overall labor in general. Yeah, there's uh, COVID. If I think the biggest impact long running is going to be uh, workers. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. It's it, I, it does not seem like it seems like it's going further from where it was than like kind of like stopping or mm-hmm. or re- rescinding yeah. like workers rights and workers that that stuff is not a fad I don't think you know what I mean no like, I think everyone kind of did, they saw I think pretty quickly how valued they were by their employers mm-hmm. um, by what was happening and and absolutely everything and I think that made everyone kind of set, go oh you know maybe this isn't the place for me or 
you know, like I, uh, one of my brother's close friends was a bartender for probably 10 years, mm-hmm. I think, professionally, like loved it and stuff, but then got laid off. And yep. now he's gone back to school and now he's a, a IT network engineer type guy and mm-hmm. loves that, but it's something he never would have done or beforehand. Sure, yeah, yeah. But now no. he's like, oh, wait, I could have more stability and do something that else I kind of mm-hmm. like. and. Mm-hmm. And then that issue, of course, is then, as we're starting to see all over the place, is then tying into a lot of service industries who are still expecting to pay what they were paying before, going, well, now we can't find any people. Well, that's because a lot of the people decided to go get something better, you know? Right. So um, within top, tabletop gaming, however, what we're starting to see within this whole concept is the the belief in uh, kind of like, again, working conditions and labor rights. Um, Paizo recently paizo press paizo productions paizo whatever the guys that make pathfinder um they recently had a uh basically their their organization their 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 workers got together and decided they wanted to unionize mm-hmm. so there's a like a actual paizo union and that kind of stuff um because the thing is is in our industry and this happens in video gaming too it's a lot of like well you want to make games don't you Right. So we're going to work you to death, and we're going to not pay very much. You know, I mean that ke- that seems right. to be a because thing that's been going Because it's a fun industry. They, exactly. Like, we could, you know, we could find about ten other people want to make. You know, may want to make cool, fun games. And you're yep. like, yeah, but you work me twelve hours a day or more, and and I don't ever get weekends off when we're at crunch time and all this kind of stuff. And there are people that will they'll take that, but you're seeing more and more folks that are like, that's not the way it's supposed to go. So yeah, Paizo was a big one that made a lot of uh, news kind of headlines within the industry mm-hmm. recently. Uh, Wormwood, the people that make the fancy wooden stuff, like uh, wooden cool gaming tables right. and like dice boxes and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. They've got a very popular YouTube channel where they have this very like social media forward, hey, we're talking like every week, we're doing like vlogs about what's going on here, mm-hmm. and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, the CEO, I think, stepped down because they were like, or something, they like... Definitely some stuff went on. I didn't know a ton about it, and I didn't get the chance to watch the entire video, but I did, you know, they did definitely have a big worker shake up there because, and it was very visible because they put it on the YouTube channel, you right. know what well, I mean? Well, a lot of, I think uh, there were some blogs that started coming up to the surface of people quitting and mm-hmm. and stuff and yeah. mass numbers. and Yeah. And then uh, another relatively well-known in the industry uh, company, Cards Against Humanity, they had um, a bunch of people uh basically coming out talking about um, uh, a real toxic work a- atmosphere with um, you know sexism and racism and that kind of stuff going on in the uh, in the actual place you know what I mean mm. um, and so for all the things that like you know as I've heard all these kind of things about cards against humanity like they took money from this thing that they sold and then they bought like land like so that you so that the the, the, the wall that Trump was trying to build couldn't go through right, that right, land. Right, and right, so right. they've done these different things yeah, yeah. and they've like taken a bunch of money and then made it so that the 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 workers in their Chinese factory could take like a month off to hang out with their families and stuff like that because right. they don't get Christmas off or whatever, that kind of jazz. Um, you know, so there's there's times when you're like, oh, that's really cool. But as it turns out that that's sometimes, you know, a lot more front facing and the things that are kind of happening day to day, day are not so day to day are not so great. So that kind of stuff we're starting to see everything from something as much as just like oh hey at Paizo we're trying to make it so that we've got better rights for our, our work conditions to you know full blown like kind of I know there's been a several different other ones that have popped up there's a was it Broken Token there was a bunch of um, 
talk about yeah, that. Yeah, maybe it's broken token. Yeah, what I was thinking about. There's a lot of them all over the place, and yeah. and and a lot of these company situations can be kind of toxic. And we're going to be seeing a lot more focus, I think, on that because it's not acceptable now. I mean, just because right. yeah, it's the games and they're fun. Oh yay, we get to work on games. That's cool. It's still yeah. you got to have a good uh, work environment. Which reminds me, our, we're going to have to push our daily beatings back an hour. Oh today. man, a whole hour. Jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, the uh, and the other big thing that we're also starting to see, I think, more and more, and we've talked a little bit about this, I think, on the show too, is um, there's this uh, global supply chain sort of problem right now. Huh? I yeah. have not heard that. No, you had not heard that. No, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's difficult. And um, uh, we did a video, or not a video. This isn't video. You can't see us, can you? Well, wow. <laughs> um, no, the, uh, we did a, a podcast kind of about that kind of stuff a little bit, or at least we talked about it in some of the recent podcasts, and about how. Um, you know, the COVID thing is just the beginning and it's a lot shortages of shortages from like computer chip manufacturers and there's not enough shipping containers and this and not that. Not enough and the workers other thing. are mining the right thing. and yeah, That's where you get the meeples from is from the meeple mines. Right. And those guys are all calling yeah, need, sick. That's what they need. They need a bunch of the, the worker placement experts that play all the work. <laughs> right, yeah. The best, the best worker placement people in the world, they need to figure out how to make the workers get placed better, maybe, right. and then kind of spread this out, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, get the game engine running again. I'm not sure that that's actually how that works. But, um, yeah, it is, uh, it's it's interesting to see how it's affecting the industry. And because of it, I think that we're going to start seeing more and more companies trying to um, produce their games a little bit more locally so they don't have to get right. shipped from the other side of the friggin' planet mm-hmm. uh, just so that they can get into some Kickstarter person's hands or whatever, you right. know what I mean? Um, well, yeah, and that, and I think they're starting to see... Um, you know, issues with, you know, as gas prices come up, you know, oh, yeah. shipping is sure. far, you know, all the, you know, the ecological yeah. situation um, as global wages kind of become more stabilized, mm-hmm. hopefully as the economy, global economy, just be, it's going to eventually even out a little bit more mm-hmm. that it doesn't make sense to only have all your stuff in one country, especially, or if there's some, an issue with that country. Oh, know? yeah, absolutely. Like when... You know, there's a typhoon that hits the Philippines, and suddenly 98% of all the chips can't be manufactured. Well, that seems like a bad thing. Right, so, exactly, yeah. You know, maybe not everything would be built in your home state or home country, but I can see it being multiple places around the world being built. Instead. It's way easier to get something, let's say, produced in Canada or Mexico and shipped to the United States, as an example, because right. that's where we live than it is to get it shipped from, say, China or Indonesia or, you know, that kind of stuff. It's just right. it's just, just logistics alone. So you're starting to, like, one thing I was talking about recently is the um, that new type of casting, that CO casting. Mm. Um, companies like Infinity, who are based out of, Corvus Belly is based out of Spain, uh, but other companies like um, Monster Fight Club are starting to work with CO casting, which is a type of plastic uh, injection molded, like say miniature plastic or uh, casting, but they can do it in house. They don't mm-hmm. have to have a big fancy, super crazy expensive steel mold and all that kind of stuff. So, um, the new um, cyberpunk red skirmish game that uh, Monster Fight Club is producing, all those miniatures are actually produced in their warehouse. Like they're like they're just doing them themselves. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so that's really cool, and uh, and it's going to save them a ton of time and shipping and stuff like that and and whatnot. So. Um, yeah, we're going to start seeing, I think, a lot more of that, and we'll also talk a little bit more about miniatures a little bit later on. But um, so that's kind of the broad strokes over, you know, 
across the board, as I've said several times now here, about what's going to be happening uh, that we see coming forward. Right. And yeah. speaking of board. <laughs> oh, yes. Then going into board games, like specifically as we run down the four genres, and it's the four genres that we always talk about here at Game 4 because mm-hmm. of the ones that we use in the app. Right. Board games, role-playing games, miniature games, and war games. But then you're going to say, but what about LARPs? I, I don't, I'm sorry. I'll have to be a different app, I guess. Um, <laughs> but board games. Um Things that we're going to see going forward in the future. Obviously, all the stuff we've talked about has something in some way touching board games, whether it's the workers' rights, whether it's inclusivity, local production, that kind of stuff. Um, You know, streaming and podcasts and things like that. Like, I watch um, uh, Board Game Geek's YouTube, or sorry, uh, Twitch stream. Like, they play, if you want to, like, learn how to play a game, they have tons and tons and tons of situations where yeah. they show that well, off I, and everything. Yeah, I think there's, like, the industry acceptance of how to play games and producers. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't think, I think all the ones that we talked to, they that's like, well, yeah, we already have our how to play game done, so now we know the rule set's figured out. Right. So yeah, that's true, like, too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, yeah. I, you know, 10 years ago, that was not a thing. No, exactly. You did a bunch of play testing, and then you threw it out in the world and hoped it worked, but this way you are putting out there, yeah, the same stuff, but you're also like, hey, if the rules aren't making quite sense to you right off the bat, just watch these videos and we'll show you the stuff. Yeah, and then these the people are expertly putting it together and explaining it. To exactly, you. exactly. Um, but I, I, th- I think a, a big thing that we're going to see, and we're already starting to see it now in board games, but I think we're going to see some more companion apps. Yes. And companion apps, there's like a fine line, I think, in the companion app situation. There's the companion oh, yeah. app that is required to play. Right. Which, and then there there's, some, which is, yeah. and then the companion app that is like, it's a nice to have. Right. And it makes I th- things more Yeah, both you and I, I think we've talked about this endlessly that yeah. I understand the kind of allure of having like this, you know, app that just is in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. But 10 years from now, that app is not going to work on any of your devices. Right, exactly. Like Without the new unless iPhone 27 will be all holographic and crap. Right. Or who knows what? You know. So I mean, let me still play my game. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So with you know we've worked with companies. Um, uh, we've worked with. Can we talk about the one that we? Yeah, it's out now. It's oh yeah, yeah. Out. So we've worked with um, the op. The op. Or is it the OP? The op- I don't know. I don't it's... remember exactly. They used to be USAopoly, and they produced a game that is licensed off of um, Cuphead. Cuphead, the video game. And it's called the Quick, no, the Fast Rolling Dice Game. Cuphead Fast Rolling Dice Game. Yep. And uh, it's in, I, I saw it at Gen Con, like this year. They actually mm-hmm. had the produced, finished copy, and it's in stores now. And well, um, yeah, I think it's, or it's about to be it's, in stores. Yeah, some stores have it, and I think this month it's kind of rolling out as yeah, as they get the supplies in. But the uh, but basically, it's a fast rolling dice game, and you have a timer that you can like set on your phone or use the one on your stove or I don't know. But yeah. or on the other hand, you could use the app that has the timer. It has fun noises from the video game, and at the and end, music. instead of having to figure out the, um, the like yeah, score, the you just go boop, digital boop, scoring. Boop. Yep, right. But if again in ten years you pull that game out and you want to play with grandma or whatever. Whatever, and the iPhones are, like I said, just stuck in your head now or whatever, and the, you, you could still play it. You just wouldn't have it, so the actual app. Um, but, yeah, we're starting to see that because it is a selling point for, um, like, I don't want to say impulse buy, but when you look no. at it and go, oh, there's also an app that I can use for this that's cool. Right. But, again, we're always telling clients, don't make, make it Make sure it's necessity. not required, but if you want, like, yeah, adding some stuff, like being able to share with your friends, like, look what score I got out of this. Oh, yeah, or, absolutely. Uh, you know, just being able to easily track and, and, and stuff. 
Absolutely. I, I, I see that happening more and more. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then digital components, which are not necessarily the same thing. No, but these are like, um, like I, I think the, the best example of this, is like the new Dart Tower. Um, you know, there was games in the 80s that started to do a little bit, but it was always... That was Restoration... Restoration games is yeah, doing yeah, the yeah. new Dart Towers. Yeah, right, and right. it's all computerized, mechanicalized. Uh, I mean, it's a board game, but it has this plastic tower in the middle. It's, it's and rotating and doing modes and yeah, I think yeah. LEDs for different lighting effects. and It just like played sound back in the 80s, didn't it? I think so. I, I yeah, think you put batteries in it and it did right. something. But now they've really take, taken that right, same as, concept right, and really tweaked it. Right, and components have gone down and knowledge has gone up. And yeah. Yeah, it's. I'm, I can see more and more stuff doing that. Um, you know, like you think of like the uh, the stuff that was in. They had them in like uh, the Wii, the PlayStation, the motion controls. No, it was from um, it was from Disney. They had the little characters that you put on. The, oh yeah, like um, Skylanders. Skylanders was uh, one of Disney Dis- Infinity or yep. Infinite or something like right, that. Right. Yeah, yeah, where yeah, it stored yeah. stuff on those mm-hmm. components, like mm-hmm. how, you yeah. know, I could see, you know, stuff being like that. Where like, oh, sure. like some of your legacy games where components are storing information and. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean. There's also uh, it. It's it's a little different than this, but when I was at Gen Con, I came across a couple different companies that were selling solutions, some expensive, some really super cheap, to basically playing like you're not even using a regular board; you're using a digital board. Mm, yep. um, there was one company that was selling basically the concept: you play on a flat screen TV that you basically lay on its back and you play on the top of the screen, and they were selling software for like, you know, designing RPG maps and doing all this stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was like. 35 bucks for this software it was right like, and it was you know all this kind of stuff and then there was another company that was selling um a tablet basically that was like 16 inches by 16 inches square mm-hmm. and it was like 900 dollars. but then you could actually like touch the screen and move things and plus you had your little tokens like little rfd yep. uh, magnetic Probably i don't NFC know there was something, something yeah, yeah nfc probably like on the underside so when you set an actual model on the actual screen then it would show what the model could see or its line of fire or oh, just wow. stuff yeah. like that. And it was crazy, and they had like a booth and everything, and I was just like, but it wasn't particularly big, and it was like $900, and it had a lot of like, oh, yeah, but these components are extra, and this is extra. And I was mm-hmm. like, mm. But, you know, still, step in the right direction, let's hope. Right. I kind of like the idea of just playing on the TV screen and using like mm-hmm. relatively inexpensive software to yeah. build your own hallways well, and dungeons and yeah, stuff. Like, I think I was telling you that at, uh, at Pinball, they now have pinball machines that are like they're a little over half is an led screen mm-hmm. so the whole game can change they can put different games in on the steam like the actual play surface the ball moves around yeah it's an led screen it's an led oh, screen cool. so they can change the artwork and yeah, yeah, the yeah. modes and everything and then there's some parts that just kind of pop out and you can pop new ones in so you it's they're trying to make it more plug and play so more modular so yeah. you, you're tired of this game you just throw three different parts in there and yep. put a new background in and oh that's kind of cool yeah so yeah, like those types of type of digital components in board gaming, whether it's something as I mean, not necessarily simple, but something like the Dark Tower, where it's going to have it's going to talk to you and it's got a it's got an AI in it and it runs off a tiny little piece of plutonium and all that. Okay, that's not true. It doesn't run off plutonium. I don't think it has an AI in it either. Yeah, maybe I probably don't know. Runs, probably probably runs might on. be talking. You know, a year from now, I'm talking about the Dark Tower overlords. That right. Are, yes. I for one welcome our Dark Tower overlords. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, anything from, from that to just going to straight up, I'm playing on a TV screen, you know, as that's my board. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you're going to see more and more of that within board gaming. 
um, just because it gives you a lot of variability. It gives you, and again, like we were talking about before, like these types of games with the companion apps, it's a situation where you can play against the board game with a companion app Yep. that, you know, the board game itself is still very playable without the companion app, but if you don't have anybody to play with, then the companion app can be your opponent or opponents, right. you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, um, yeah, no, I think that that's a, we're, like I said, we're going to see a lot more, I think, of that kind of stuff coming forward in board games. Role-playing games, um, to some degree, obviously, took a bit of a hit as well because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Not on sales that we've seen, right? but on the ability to get with, together with your gaming group and play. That being said, lots and lots of people have moved to Discord and Roll20. Yeah, like online tools. All the other stuff. Bananas. Exactly. And those online tools and online play are the things that we're going to continue to see uh, increasing more and more. I remember a long time ago. I want to say it was from 3rd edition D&D moving into 4th, or it was just after the launch of 4th. They were going to release their own digital tools. Like their own three-dimensional mm. here's like you move your miniatures. I mean, it, it reminded me, the stuff that I saw like at the demo at Gen Con reminded me a little bit kind of of uh, Tabletop Simulator, mm-hmm. except it was all their stuff. Like here's the hallways in this dungeon, okay. and you move your little to- tokens around, and this guy's within this distance, and he's going to do that. And, all that. and it just never came out. Like they're like, oh, yeah, no, this is in beta. We're working on it now, and it never got released. Huh. And... Uh, at that time, there were already some companies that were starting to do, you know, online play and that kind of tools for RPGs, not because of any kind of pandemic, but just sometimes your college group, they move away from each other. So you want to still play and you live in different states or countries. Right. Um, so we're going to, obviously that stuff is already out there, but I think that probably soonish, one could hope, we will actually start to see some of those tools maybe actually come up from the actual manufacturers or... I mean, like, are do you think that, like, his wizards or any of those companies? Pathfinder I mean, works with Roll Twenty, don't they? Pathfinder works pretty close with Roll Twenty, and like D&D the company. Be, I does mean, Paizo work with the company Roll Twenty, or is it? You it, see what I'm saying? It's, it's probably at least licensed. Okay, yeah, yeah, because they've got everything in there. And then you think then D and D Beyond is obviously close with Wizards. Sure, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So, but like, I think that we're going to start to see some more. Because a lot of those things, too, like especially like Roll20, is predominantly kind of two-dimensional for the most part, isn't it? Yeah, there's some. they're, they're starting to look at a little bit of some isometric and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but yeah, it's not. But it'll be real interesting to see which direction that goes um, as far as that's concerned, and also which direction it goes when we start talking more and more about the VR and the metaverse such as it is and all that kind of stuff. Right. And, and you know what I mean? Like that's, I think, another way that you could easily see role-playing heading in that direction. I, I see them being early adopters. I mean, Absolutely. even just having, you know, voice uh, filters yeah. for your character, for everybody else to mm-hmm. hear. Um, that way, you know, people don't have to hear my horrible, horrible voice impressions. Um, <laughs> right. Like if you want to be like an orc instead of having to make, you just turn it to orc and then it would just. Like, right. Then it's. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. No, I think that, I mean, we're going to definitely, you know, with all the talk these days about the metaverse, which I, is the metaverse, is that, they keep talking about that. Is that only going to be owned by uh, well, the, Facebook? I know that they keep talking about it, but I don't know if anyone's actually. They're the meta. Yeah. Right. Which, but which, like, uh, I mean, people talked about the internet, but nobody owned the internet as a term. It was just what the what World Wide Web and email and all these other HTTP things right. and blah, blah, got turned into. Right. Um, and I'm wondering if the metaverse is the same thing. Mm, yeah, it's, it, it. I mean, 
Yeah, it's pretty. Well, it's like tables. I don't know tabletop simulator. Yeah, it's just that's their property, and they're trying to make it so it's as generic as possible, so that it becomes like the Kleenex. Yeah, know, and the, no, the, the Xerox. Xerox, right? Yeah, no, I, it's I don't know. It's interesting. I got to be honest. I'm not a big. Uh, the, the few times that I've tried VR stuff, it's made me a little queasy. So I don't. I don't know that I want to do that. Like for my RPGs, you know. Uh, yeah, I. I don't know. Last time I used it was a lot better. It's, no. I mean, the yeah, technology is going to get better, certainly, yeah. But uh, it's, Yeah, they've started figuring out why some people have a hard time. And yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So, I mean, like I said, uh, we're going to see more of that kind of stuff, I think, for role-playing games because that's going to be something that, you know, it's, sure, it's still a ton of fun to sit around and eat snacks and play with your friends and that kind of stuff, but in some situations... We you want a holodeck. Sure, that's pretty cool too i wouldn't mind that but um but uh, yeah baby steps yeah exactly baby steps that makes sense (laughs) but yeah so um i'm sure that that the holodeck was originally designed in star trek basically for uh, long distance role playing probably or naughty stuff one of the two yeah right yeah Yeah, it's one of the two yeah yeah yeah. or both or both really yeah um miniatures wargaming it's basically 3d printing i mean and and it's here but it's going to continue to expand, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you who don't know, um, miniatures are small, little, tiny people. They're not really people. They're made out of plastic or metal or resin or something like that. But they're, they're the pieces that you use in the game. Mm-hmm. It's a strategy-style game. And generally, for years and years, you bought them from the person who made them or the manufacturer you know, or the right. company who made them. And now um, there's a person who sits in front of a computer and uses a computer to 3D sculpt a cool thing, and then you go onto their Patreon or whatever, and you get a copy of it, and then you print it at your house, and then it didn't have to get shipped anywhere or anything like mm-hmm. that. You can make it big, small, tweak it, whatever. And uh, it's been going on in the miniature industry for at least the last, I mean, in in earnest, the last three years. Yeah, and I would say the biggest trend in the last year-ish has been the custom modifications. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw a new site that's... Uh, so well, the first one that we ever saw was that did... They were primarily targeting RPG people, but it was... Hero Forge. Hero Forge. Sure, yeah. Now Where you go there and you pick like, oh, I want a skeleton yeah. with a sword and a shield, and you move things around, and then they give you and an And now STL. there's one for monsters. Okay, cool. That's You can like add wings and horns and mm-hmm. four-legged, and it's, it's kind of like Hero Forge meets... Um, what was that game from Sid Meier? Not Sid Meier. Uh, oh, uh, Spore. Spore. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like Spore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of use like, this, but you can create your monsters and mm-hmm. demons for three D printing. And then, and then there's a train, min- uh, train machine. Train. Yep, train machine. Trainmachine.com. They do the same type of thing for terrain where for you buildings. Can, you yeah. pick a building and then you kind of tweak each side and do little things all in your browser and then it makes an STL which you can then you know print or whatever. Right. And so yeah, you're going to see more and more of that. You're already starting to see companies that are not necessarily big. Um, the biggest in the industry is still Games Workshop. You're starting to see companies that are getting bigger who are like, we make rules that you can buy and download as a PDF, mm-hmm. and we also make STL files, which are the files that you 3D print, that will work with these games. Or you can use them in other games. We don't care. you know. And uh, right. so like, literally, you can go to like One Page Rules is one of the biggest ones. You can go to OnePageRules.com, download a game from them, download the miniatures from them, and start printing that night and then have miniatures and start working and start playing and you know all that kind of stuff very quickly without ever getting anything brought to you by FedEx or uh, you know UPS or whatever except for maybe resin and stuff like right, that you have for your sure yeah but it's not um it's it's a it's a very different thing and you're seeing more in companies being able to do things like 
print-on-demand, which we talked about relatively recently as well, and all that kind of stuff. So within miniatures, the ability to print these things at your house, um, you know, there's been, I've had lots and lots of people ask me on the YouTube channel, do you think that Games Workshop's ever going to get into 3D printing, like, you know, as a producer of STLs? And I don't know. I, I mean, maybe eventually someday when I'm, you know, dead and gone, potentially, but... In general, I don't know that that's what they're interested in. But there are other big companies that are starting to go that way. Another company, um, uh, Modifius, Modifius is is basically selling STL files for, um, I think, terrain for their Fallout game and terrain for their Elder Scrolls game. So two of their miniature lines, which are both licensed, one from the Fallout video game and one from the Elder Scrolls, like Skyrim and stuff like that. They're selling terrain STLs because they're like, we don't want to warehouse all this stuff, mm-hmm. so why don't you print it? You know what I mean? Like, and it just makes a lot of sense. So, you know, and Modifius is a good size company. They're not, you know, Games Workshop size, but they're you know bigger than than my company. So yeah, they're they're doing. You know, you're you're starting to see people going in that direction, and plenty of people who are producing models themselves, the STLs, and selling them through Patreon and all these different places. You know, my mini factory and all that, and. Um, yeah, it's definitely already coming, and uh, the thing that's just going to get uh, that you're going to keep seeing is you're going to see better and better models, and you know, better and better machines to print, you know, those models and all that kind of stuff. So, um, collectible card games is our last genre, and yep. we're talking about you know your Magic's, the Gatherings, your Pokemans, uh, all that kind of uh, stuff. We're already starting to see, again, a little bit of this, aren't we? Because we're starting to see the kind of explosion of the magic arena over the course of right. pandemic because people couldn't go to Friday Night Magic. Right, yeah. It was picking up steam, I think, a little bit beforehand, but I think that just kicked it to a whole nother gear. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, it's like a PC game, although I think they might have like console versions as well. I'm not 100% sure. I, but It might even be, can you get it on mobile now? Uh, that I don't know. There are other yeah. games out there like that, like Hearthstone, which mm-hmm. is made by Blizzard, which is a big video game company. Right. They made a card-style game as well, and that's been available on tons of different platforms for quite some time. Uh, I know I've played it on the iPad back in the day. But um, that uh, that Magic Arena stuff really like has started to take off, and you're seeing a lot of people who are playing that way uh, just because... You know, they're not necessarily interested in having, like, a bunch of physical cards taking up tons and tons of space. Or just they don't want to have to go spend $100,000 to play a certain card that they want to try. Right, yeah. I mean, I don't exactly know. I'm sure that they're just not letting you use whatever cards you want. There's probably still, because they got to make money, so there's probably, at least at Hearthstone, you had to buy packs, and there was randomness to the packs and this and that. I don't know if you could, like, sell and be like, oh, I got this super cool card. I'm going to sell it for real money to somebody else. I don't know if they ever had an actual, you know marketplace like that they do have separate rules though like there's certain cards that are allowed and not allowed different in arena oh sure yeah no i couldn't certainly understand that yeah um but that is a big deal uh at least within collectible card games specifically um the magic the gathering you know i don't think there's a digital version of pokemon i mean obviously there's pokemon video games but there's not i don't know if there's a digital pokemon uh card game you know what i mean like 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 magic arena right but it's no not for, that i know of yeah yeah that's interesting that's but interesting that's because pokemon go just was like we're doing that so. yeah no that's true pokemon go made a bunch of money um but the, the thing is is that um you know you're you're seeing that kind of stuff and you're seeing but you're also seeing a huge explosion in those types of games anyway like you're seeing a huge explosion in um, the sales of Magic cards, Pokemon, like all that kind of stuff. People getting into fights in parking lots because you know that kind of stuff. 
Um, and uh, what's interesting is that you're also then seeing the rise of direct sales, where mm-hmm. Wizards of the Coast is like, hey, we're going to sell these packs directly to the users in the stores who've been supporting us through 40 years or whatever, however long Magic's been around. Uh, yeah, we're not, uh, they're, they're not available necessarily through that, you know, and that kind of stuff. And so there's, um, there's some, some disgruntledness going on there. That being said, I think that's, again, a, uh, a gate, a, a door that we can't close very easily. Like that horse has already gotten out and gotten a new job or what, I'm not quite sure where I'm going with that analogy, but you see what I'm saying. It's a situation where I just don't know what we're going to, you know, like yeah. stores are unhappy about it, you know, um, and store, right. but stores were unhappy, like independent game stores were also unhappy when all of a sudden magic started showing up at Target and Walmart too. Right. Uh, you know, and so, um, it's a tough industry. I think that particular, like if your store is just, you know, that stuff, just the stuff from uh, these guys, right. I think it's kind of tough. I mean, yeah, and it's happen- It's not happening just in this industry. I mean, think of movie theaters right now. Right, yeah, yeah. How many movies are still, are being released simultaneously, and how many, you know, I don't see that trend completely stopping. No, I mean, I know that um, they said, you know, we, my wife and I watched uh, Dune at home, because mm-hmm. we still haven't been to the theater in a long time. And um, I know that they said that the, the, the second part of Dune was going to be green, was greenlit and they were going to start. But they said they gave a date and they're like, only in theaters. Like they made a specific, yeah. like but I, only I'm in curious theaters. If they'll look at the numbers and go, oh, shoot, or go, oh, see, yeah. this proves that it's better. Yeah. 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 No, it'll be interesting. It's an interesting, um, what do you call it? A, Metric. A, a experiment, really. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But, uh, one thing we do know about the future is that we don't really know everything about the future. We can make a bunch oh, of... I do. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to talk I'll, to you I'll later tell you, I'll tell you after this. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's one of those situations where, you know, we can, we can you know, kind of prophesy or whatever here, but then there's always things that come out that you're just like, well, I had no idea that was Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, January 2020, we're like, ah, this is going to be a fun oh, year. Yeah. Welcome to the new decade. And, uh, no, yeah. Lots of gaming in person coming up this year. Oh, we got all kinds of plans for game four and all kinds of, it was great. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, everybody had plans, didn't we? Yes. Um, I still love the, uh, the, um, it's a, one of those memes and it uh, says like my 2020 plans or no, it's like, yeah, I think it was something like, my 2020 plans, and it's a picture of Murphy from RoboCop, like at the beginning of the movie before he's RoboCop. Oh. <laughs> and then it says 2020, and then it's a picture of like Clarence Boddicker and all the other bad guys nice. and stuff like that before they like shot off all his arms and legs and everything. Um, you know, spoiler alert uh, for a game or wow. a, a movie from 40 years ago. But uh, yeah, um, that's that that one did definitely. Yeah, that one I felt that one. So. Um, if you've got any, uh, you know, comments or whatever, you could uh, certainly, you know, go onto the YouTubes there and um, mention what your thoughts about the future are or Absolutely. whether we're crazy or whatever. I mean, a little bit. I'll take that. We are. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Game 4 Podcast. If you've got questions or comments, like I just mentioned, and you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment below. If you're listening via your favorite podcast player, you just aren't into the whole YouTube comment section thing, then you can feel free to reach out to us via email at podcast at imgame4.com. You can also keep up to date with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And check out our website at www.imgame4.com. That is www.iamgameforo.com. Thanks. Thanks.